McGee is our senior tech correspondent. Joining me, Jill Hopkins, every Cash Tech Tuesday. He is the director of programs at Code Now, where every young person in Chicago can get the opportunity to become a coder, a product manager, and a leader of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to help. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you coming in every Tuesday like you do and helping us get smarter about the technology uh, news that's going out in the world. And sometimes... Uh, in stories like this, Cash Tech Tuesday kind of overlaps with like Peace Prize Thursday. Ooh. And we're talking about the Trump administration yep. suing a whole dang state. And not because weed is legal or gay marriage is legal, but because of net neutrality. Tell us about what's going on in Cali. Yeah, so we've talked about net neutrality a few times over the past year, you know, since uh Trump has been elected. One of the key issues, along with, you know, immigration and national security, health care, you know, the whole world, uh, net neutrality, also a big issue. So kind of a quick refresh on net neutrality at the high level. It's about Internet freedom and the ability for the little guy to compete with the Comcast, you know, Verizons, the big, you know, Fortune 100 companies of the world. Mm -hmm. And so when President Obama was in office, uh, we had very uh, strong net neutrality rules that allowed, you know, uh, fair Internet access and no throttling of Internet speeds uh, to have to pay more to get, uh, you know, access to certain websites, you can go to apple.com, you can go to vocalo.org, you can go to ESPN.com. The same thing, you don't have to pay extra to go to those yeah. sites like you would for a premium cable package. When Trump got in office, uh, they were able to you know, change the composition of the FCC, uh, which is the board that you know determines net neutrality rules. And now in a Republican-controlled FCC, uh, the vote went 3-2, and the, you know, federal government imposed or the FCC imposed some very uh, anti-net neutrality rules mm -hmm. uh, that shifted the power towards the major companies and away from, you know, the, you know, citizens of this country and the small businesses or anyone trying to create a business online. So California, uh, home to many uh, top tech companies uh, and also just a liberal leaning uh, state yeah. and in favor of net neutrality, they passed uh, in their state legislature very strong net neutrality rules in opposition of the federal government. So now the Justice Department has filed a lawsuit against California, and now we have this kind of major battle between you know the largest state, uh, most populous state, and the Justice Department. So depending on how this goes, mm -hmm. this could be kind of that bellwether uh, moment for the other states that are looking to California to kind of lead and fight back against what they feel is very, uh, you know, they feel very strongly that these the current net neutrality position is wrong um, and they want to change that to make it fair for everyone so that's where we are now and uh you know countersuit countersuit we'll see how it goes this is going to last a very long time yeah. but hopefully you know if you are not looking forward to paying you know 39.95 uh for getting access to these five websites or paying you know 9.95 for 30 minutes of premium access these are extreme examples but we've seen these are examples that have happened in other countries around the world. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like, imagine how you have to pay extra for HBO or Showtime. You'd have to do the same, potentially, to get faster internet speeds for a particular website or particular streaming service or things like that. It's not uh, a future I would like to live in. Yeah. And so California is trying to prevent that. 
Now, I think I know the answer to this question, but uh, I want I want to hear it from you because you're the expert. What would be the advantages to uh, making it so that you have to pay extra? Who benefits the most from that? Well, people who have money. Oh, um, yeah. And the companies, because they can offer, and you, know, you know, it's right now they're, we're kind of in this limbo period where there are some of the net neutrality rules that have been uh, removed or, you know, they're no longer uh, uh, in place. So right now it's kind of a honeymoon period for companies. If you've noticed all these bundles from like AT&T, mm -hmm. if you're on AT&T like I am, I just, you know, uh, was able to purchase an Apple Watch and because of that they like re-sent me an offer to get HBO for free. Yeah. Or if you're on Verizon and you can stream NFL games on your phone uh, through your data, now on Wi-Fi for free, mm -hmm. and it doesn't go against your data cap. So there's all these kind of special kind of, uh, even for um, Apple and Verizon, I think they struck a deal where if you get a new Verizon uh, subscription or you get an app, uh, iPhone with Verizon, you can get six months of Apple Music for free. And then... Spotify did a deal with Samsung where Spotify so there's all these kind of you know bundles with these major companies like AT&T, Xfinity, uh, Verizon and that's kind of what these companies are saying like hey if the more lax these net neutrality rules are the more we can compete for customers by combining these subscriptions and if you're a consumer like oh wow this is cool like I can buy something and get HBO for free or get stream NFL games or NBA games for free mm -hmm. but that's kind of what I think, my opinion, is kind of the honey tra trap. And then once we're in that, then they'll start leaning, you know, laying off of those exclusive deals and those nice little perks and then say, oh, well, for $25 extra a month, you can pay for this. Or, you know, you won't get that service anymore. You have to pay up to get what you are already getting now mm -hmm. for your standard bill per month. So there's a, a lot of room on the pay up side and yeah. not so much upside on where we currently are i feel so spoiled sometimes when i'm talking about this like we've we've gotten to the point where the internet is so ingrained in our everyday life uh that we forget that like when we were young you know we had the dial-up and it was so slow and we were so like just happy to even have anything yeah and now we're just like anything less than like super blazing fast speeds is like unacceptable and uh yeah, it just is. I'm not willing to to pay for this thing that's just been here. The you know we've worked up, we've all worked so hard to get to this point. Yeah, I'm not willing to go backwards now. Yeah, it's natural human progress. We're always we're curious beings, and yeah. we want to keep uh, you know improving everything around us. And you know, I mean, if you're you know 92 years old, do you want to go back to you know no like you know electricity or no like you know tv or no like there's everyone's had some kind of major technological jump whether mm -hmm. you're in you know 2018 1968 1908 that yeah. i don't think they want to go back to wherever they were 20 years ago either yeah. so i don't put too much uh weight on yourself okay, it's okay good. to not want dial-up internet anymore and you know be on aol you know and <laughs> all of a sudden someone calls to your mom and you're like get off the phone oh my god mom, so, i'm on the internet yeah, so we don't want to go back to those days. We're talking tech. Let's dive right in to the continuing adventures of Elon Musk. Last we saw Elon, he was smoking weed on a podcast, getting memed from here to Thursday. And it turns out that that thing that we thought was kind of funny 
actually just cost the man several million dollars. Let's talk about it. Yeah, juicy headline, you know, a single tweet just cost Elon Musk $20 million. Uh, he'll be fine because he's, he's, he's like rich. a billionaire. Yeah. But it's still pretty funny. So August 7th, seems so long ago. It really Because it's October. I know. <laughs> Time. <sighs> August 7th, uh, about you know, 11.48 a.m., uh, Elon Musk sent a tweet saying, am considering taking Tesla private at $420. Funding secured, period. Mm-hmm. And this seems innocuous. What's, yeah. What's wrong with that? Now, you know, obviously the use of 420, joke about, you know, smoking marijuana and the popular number, popular term. Yes, yes. Uh, and a few people found this funny on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the SEC <laughs> did not find it funny at all. <laughs> They're uh, not exactly known for their sense of humor. <laughs> no, no, not really. So they sued him. <laughs> Uh, for securities uh, fraud and this kind of aborted attempt to take the company uh, private earlier this summer. So um, what what would be the the fraudulent claim? All he was he was saying was that he was going to do this uh, at four twenty, which is a funny number. But why is why is that a wrong thing to do? Well, the SEC claimed that his tweets caused market chaos and probably the biggest thing harmed Tesla investors because. It seemed like this was an empty kind of claim. And to put it out on Twitter like that and someone of his stature to do this can obviously sway markets because the markets are dependent on, uh, you know, CEOs and chairmen and their state of mind and what they think and say. And so this obviously caused some chaos. But it turns out that, you know, Musk had not even discussed or confirmed like those key details or done anything Um the funding secured part of the tweet was false and misleading. Mm. Uh, and they say that Musk's subsequent statements were also false and misleading. So they quote, Musk knew and or was reckless in not knowing that each of these statements was false and or misleading because he did not have an adequate basis, in fact, for his assertions. Uh, so they said that he never discussed a going private transaction at $420 per share mm-hmm. with any potential funding source. Had done nothing to investigate whether it would be possible for all current investors to remain with Tesla as a private company. And yeah, so basically they were claiming that Musk kind of just went on his own mission to set this 420 price, which he thinks obviously is a joke based yeah. on 420, which doesn't help him in this case, no, leading <laughs> uh, a major company and having billions of dollars poured into this company as well from private investors. So they uh, sued him and now they, you know, just last or this weekend reached a settlement uh, where Elon Musk personally pays $20 million and then Tesla paid another $20 million. Just emptied out the coin purse. So $40 million in total and Elon Musk is no longer chairman of the board at Tesla, but he remains CEO of the company. So he didn't fully get thrown out, but the board now has power to remove him from his CEO position. Haven't heard anything that they'll do that, but, you know, his actions with this tweet and also just his erratic behavior over the past year has not helped him Mm -hmm. or his company in terms of perception. Stock jumped up uh, just yesterday, so that maybe helped him on the bottom line. Yeah, didn't you say that the stock jumped up enough? Probably that, that he they erased the 40 million that they paid combined between Elon and his company. So, you know. Oh. He'll be okay with the bank account, but yeah. his control of his company is further up, you know, in the air. 
And he's going to have to get new business cards made up. I mean, poor, yeah, I mean that's guy. the that's the biggest the uh, you know crime of all this Set is up a, that a, you know. Yeah, I hope he can get one of those promotional deals or whatever. You know, get 300 free business cards. Yeah, I'm sure he needs it. I'm sure he does. It's 9:51 on the morning amp. This is rich people problems with Mike McKee. Hey, I'm here for it. You know, you need like a Sunday at 2 a.m. to 2:15 a.m. show. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to fill in. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, Amazon. And today we're not talking about Amazon in a Jeff Bezos way or in like a, you know, they, they treat their workers bad way. Today we're talking about how Amazon aims to help people like me who are bad at planning and never remember to get a present for somebody until it's almost too late. Yeah. This is uh, not Amazon online, but Amazon brick and mortar. In real life? In real life, IRL. Uh, so this, they've been obviously, you know, testing and have a pretty good, you know, kind of foothold in the brick and mortar market. They have their Amazon bookstore, which is hilarious in its own way. Yes. Um, you know, kill bookstores and then build your own. Just mm-hmm. the irony there. So evil. Uh, they have been experimenting with a, you know, cashierless grocery store, Amazon Go. That's in Seattle. And there's one here in Chicago that just opened up. Mm-hmm. And now they are experimenting with a store called Amazon Four Star. So essentially what this is, is that this is a store that stocks items that has an average customer rating of four stars and above. Okay. And there's also sections for new and trending top sellers uh, where, you know, feature products don't necessarily have to meet the four star bar, but a particular company can probably pay Amazon lots of money to get featured placement in this store. So store selection will be changed out frequently uh, based on new ratings and whether they go up or down. Um, But they also have, obviously, a main section with all of Amazon's own hardware products. And they just announced an army-sized fleet of new uh, Echo devices. Echo devices you can put in your car. Mm -hmm. Echo devices uh, that you can put on your light switches and in your uh you know sound bar and your home speaker system and even an amazon echo enabled microwave so Mm -hmm. they're going for every possible uh you know part of your home and you can buy those in a brick and mortar store so i think they said that the uh, amazon four star right now this is only in new york Mm -hmm. they have a so of course soho in new york city um, but this is, is successful, just like Amazon Go, Chicago would be one of the most likely destinations to bring another one of these Amazon four-star stores. Hmm. This is me. Make, I'm making a very skeptical face. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because obviously Amazon, worth a trillion dollars now, up mm-hmm. there with Apple, is one of the, the most valuable companies in the world. Uh, they have great success online. And they bought Whole Foods, so they're in pretty much every area. They're getting into pharmaceuticals. They just came out with a new private mattress, uh, uh, white label line. So all the Caspers, if you watch, listen to podcasts and you see all the ads or hear all the ads for all the mattresses on there, um, Amazon's getting into that. So they basically have so much money that they can get into any industry at a cheaper level, whether it's TV, whether it's books, whether it's groceries, whether it's, you know, uh, devices and electronics, whether it's medical, like pharmaceutical, they can get into anything and they can do it at a cheaper price than someone who's, that's their whole business. Yeah. So they're literally doing that. 
But the one thing, and this is a question for you, Jill, mm. do you browse on Amazon or do you have something in mind that you want to buy and you go to Amazon to get it? Or, you know, do you, like when you go to a, a store, yeah. usually you're like, like Target, yeah. you have some things in mind and, and then you end up with 13 other things. things. Yeah. Does that happen when you do online shopping or like Amazon? Do you go on there for one thing and then all of a sudden you get like your shopping cart has like eight to 10 other items? Not very often. Uh, you know, you'll you'll go to the thing that you want, and then on the bottom it'll be like, yeah, users, recommended. You, yeah, chose this other thing. This. Yeah. yeah. So if if I wouldn't call it a browsing so much as like an accessorizing. Like if I'm buying a main thing, then I'll just buy yes. something else that goes with that thing. But I rarely just go off script. Okay. Because that's something that you know, some a few analysts are kind of saying that we don't know if this is going to be successful uh, because this store is. Really helter skelter. Uh, it's r very random and kind of how they have it laid out, and it's going to change very often. But when you think of Amazon, you just think of like, okay, I need to buy this and I can get it quickly because I'm a Prime member or whatever. But you don't necessarily think of it in the same way you think of a Target or a Walmart or some other store where you go there for a couple items, but then you're like, oh, I see this random yeah. thing and I need that too. Mm -hmm. And so Amazon hasn't quite figured out how to be like the browsing kind of king or queen of this industry. Um, where they have, you know, strengths in many other areas. So we'll see how the four-star pilot works, and maybe yeah. it'll be in Chicago. That's going to do it for Tech Talk.